Buenos dias. Welcome to another daily devotion. I'm your host once again, El Padre, Pastor Jesse. Welcome to probably what will, if you are a woman, not be your favorite day. Um, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll see. Today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16. And the reasoning we're starting in verse 2 is because verse 1 um, really seems like it goes better with uh, the previous chapter. And so um, it, this is, <clears throat> it, it's interesting because he says this in verse 1, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Uh, he's He's continuing this, <clears throat> this discussion where um, like all throughout 1 Corinthians, you hear him referring to like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Because we're all imitating Christ, essentially. Uh, the reason uh, we uh, avoid the the sins that he, he, they tell us to avoid and all that stuff, uh, it's all because of Christ. So here we go. I'm going to start off today by reading to you once again in verse 1, uh, chapter 1. Um, it says this, Paul called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God at Corinth to those sanctified in Jesus called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Before we get too far into this, and, and really 1 Corinthians is, is a, a constant state of, like, like it, it's kind of a funny book because I feel like there's portions of this book that almost everyone, if you grew up in church, will know. And then there's other portions of this book that unless you grew up in a certain tradition within Christianity, you didn't hear it at all. Um, and so my heart is to recognize that some of the arguments that are made for a lot of these passages are, um, first off, that um, that this was specific to the Corinthian church. Well, that's not what Paul says. He says it's to anybody who claims Christ. Now, we know that like the reason all of the books in the Bible are, are there is because they're there for the edification of, of all of us. But here's the thing. Uh, even if you wanted to argue it, uh, and the only way that that argument could be even remotely somewhat valid is if at the beginning of the letter, he would have been like, this is just to the Corinthian church. Now we know that there's actually three letters for sure that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and one of them didn't make it in here. In fact, Paul is referring to one of those letters um, here in this book. Uh, and the reason that we don't have that book is because it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. It was for the Corinthian church. Now, with that being said, I think it's important that before we get into all of today's discussion, that we recognize this is for us. Uh, this might be hard for us 
to swallow. This might be hard for us to um, to want to obey. This might be difficult for us to wrestle through. And in, in all reality, some of it really is genuinely, truly confusing. Uh, and and that's fair. Um, one of the things I've actually asked Pastor Dan to help us, uh, to, if there's any questions that you have on today's chapter, please put them in there and then Pastor Dan will address them, especially if it's something that might be more related to the original text. Because the English here, there isn't a good version, uh, and that's that's kind of frustrating. So here we go. Um, verse 2. I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold fast to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. Uh, so this is important. Um, I know that some people have a really hard time with any kind of tradition. Uh, they don't want to go to a church where there's traditions. Uh, not all traditions are bad. Not all traditions are evil. Uh, in fact, even some man-oriented traditions, um, they're fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them one way or the other. Um, you have the freedom to follow them. Uh, and so, you know, for example, uh, in our family, we have a tradition of doing uh, devotions together at the breakfast table. Uh, that is a, a tradition that is man-made. There's, there's not a verse in the Bible that says I have to do devotions with my family at the breakfast table. The reason I do them at the breakfast table is because it's important for them to do it. There are passages that tell you uh, to give the Lord your first fruits. And, and th there's a reasonable argument that could be made to say that devotion should be done in the morning. But that doesn't mean the breakfast table. Uh, I just choose that um, because I felt like it was important for us to start our day. Everybody, for the most part, wakes up and comes to the breakfast table. Um, maybe they go to the bathroom first. Um, but for me, that was an important way to instill into my children the importance of studying the Word of God um, and spending time with, with the Lord. And so not every tradition is evil. Uh, not, when Jesus condemns the tradition of man, the reason he's doing that is not because the traditions, it's bad for men to have traditions, as much as it's bad for men to have traditions that contradict or, um, or that uh, take away from what God has already said. Now, if I were to say, don't read the Bible at all to my children, uh, don't, don't worry, don't study, I'll, you, the Holy Spirit will be your teacher, you don't need the Bible at all. If I were to say that, that would, in fact, contradict Scripture, and that would be a problem. So, uh, Paul here, uh, he's, he's saying he has handed on several traditions, um, and one of them is about what he's getting ready to go into. I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman. So here he's talking about um, an, uh, p positions of authority. He's not, uh, he's not saying that you as a husband are physically the head of your wife. Obviously, that's, that's not what he means. Um, he's talking just about the positions of authority. And that Christ is the head of every man. 
and man is the head of every woman. Now, another way that that word woman can be translated, which I actually think is more accurate uh, to what the text is actually talking about, um, that, that's just my opinion, um, I, it, and it would be wife. Uh, so think about it like this, and the man is the head of every wife. So if if that's true, so think about it like this. If it is true, what he's getting ready to say for the rest of today's video, um, all of that only has to do with if you're married. Does that make sense? Because uh, we're going to be talking about coverings. Um, and so the covering, uh, to me, this, this, the context of this chapter is, is marriage. Uh, it is not talking about your children. It is not talking about single ladies uh, that have yet to, to be married or single gentlemen. Um, although you could still argue even within this that every gentleman, regardless of whether he's married or not, Christ is still his head. The man is the head of the woman or the wife. And God is the head of Christ. So I was going to say that if if it if you take the interpretation that it's not better for the wife, then that means this is for everyone. Um, although it doesn't seem like as you get into the rest of the meat of the chapter that that's what it's talking about. God is the head of Christ. So we believe in a triune God. Um, the word triune isn't anywhere. The word Trinity isn't anywhere in the Bible. But you see um, the... Uh, the examples in all throughout scripture, because we believe uh, based on um, Romans, we believe based on First uh, Corinthians, that Jesus is both fully God, fully man, uh, and that you can see all throughout the Gospels where Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, um, the Father, are all represented. Uh, and so even within that, there's an authority structure. Um, and so... God is the head of Christ. That's that's what, uh, when Jesus says, you know, I see what my father is doing, I only do what my father is doing, that kind of thing. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head. I'll give you an, an example. Um, so there was one time when I was, I was married. Um, I was working at a church, and at the time I wore a lot of hats. Uh, I, I used to wear hats literally every day. Um, in fact, I, I used to, when I was little, I had a Mickey Mouse hat that I would sleep in. Um, I never took that thing off except for to take showers. And my parents finally like forced me to get rid of it because it was falling to shreds and it was nasty. Just nasty. Because even though my mom would wash the hat, uh, there were still like sweat stains and stuff, like the washing machines couldn't get out. And so, um, but there was this one time I walk into church and a gentleman asks me why I'm wearing a hat. And my initial reaction, he also asked me why I bring in a backpack. But my, my initial reaction is to be defensive and to argue. But I didn't. I, you know, I, I took it off. Um, and so... Um, I had explained that the reason I bring my backpack was because it has my Bible in it and uh, my notepads and stuff so I can take notes. And I was told, you don't have to take notes, you just have to listen to what the, the preacher is saying. And I responded with, 
Well, how do you know if what he's saying is true if you're not reading along? And so my encouragement to all of you guys is to study the Bible for yourself and to not take what Dan and I say as gospel, uh, although we should be we should be teaching that. Uh, but there, there are things that, that we're going to say. We have thoughts, we have bents, we have opinions that could be oftentimes uh, we have inclinations that are wrong. Uh, sometimes I read things wrong. Um, you probably know that by now. Um, in fact, it would it would surprise me if I didn't say a lot of things wrong today. Um, so today I just want us to recognize. So what I did in this story was I, I went and I sat down and I in my head this is the way this is the way I was raised. The rules are if I can find scripture that backs up that I should not wear a hat, I won't. And at the time, I don't know, I can't remember. I, I had read through the whole Bible, but you know how like sometimes you just don't re retain a lot of what you read. And so I had no remembrance of this passage and I was just flipping through, came across this. I read, um, you know, that every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head. Uh, and, and I felt convicted immediately, like, man, I, I don't want to dishonor my head. Uh, and so therefore, I took my head off and I do not wear hats uh, for the most part anymore. Uh, every once in a while, I put one on um, when I'm playing with the kids or, or something. But uh, because the Bible also says that you should pray without ceasing, my, my thought process, well, if I'm always supposed to be praying, then I always need to make sure my, my head uh, is not dishonored. And so when it says dishonors his head, it's not talking about the man's head. It's talking about uh, Jesus. Um, and so like when I dishonor my head, I'm not dishonoring this. I'm dishonoring Jesus. Um, in a nutshell, you could say everything. The, the reason this chapter is super important is because it, the whole thing is about honor. Uh, in America, honor isn't a super huge uh, deal to us, although it used to be, and it probably will become a big deal again, uh, especially as more cultures that revolve around honor move to the United States. Um, so, so the reason, as a man, you don't wear a head covering is because it represents Jesus, and it represents... Uh, your head, who is Jesus. And then it says this in verse five, every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since that is the one and the same as having her head shaved. Now, don't get caught up in the head shaven part thing yet. Both in, in the relationship with the man or when it's talking about the man and with the woman, the reason you either cover or uncover your head is not because of you. Uh, so one of the things that I think is important is that for, for the ladies that pay attention to this, this, this passage sure has a little bit to do with your obedience to scripture. It really, it has way more to do with the way that you honor your husband. And, and I think that that's actually probably cuts maybe deeper because most of your husbands are jack wagons like me. Um, that even at our very, very best, 
were still not great. Um, and so it's important for us to recognize that um, it's, if we want to honor the Lord, if we want to obey the word, when we see this, it's important for men to recognize when you're going to pray or prophesy. So you don't have to, uh, I think that this is important. You don't have to do what I do. Like I intentionally don't wear hats all the time because of this. Um, you can wear a hat, uh, but if you intend to pray or prophesy, take, take your hat off. Um, when I was a kid, it was really popular. If you wore a hat into church, the men would take it off your head and put it on your heart. They'd take it off, smack it right there. I remember a lot of different times. And for them, it was an honor issue. It was a respect issue. Um, as a kid, I always thought it had to do with respecting uh, the church. Uh, but I didn't realize, because I was a child and immature, that it was really talking about you You need to don't respect don't disrespect the Lord. Uh, and so here we see Paul makes the argument that you are dishonoring your head if your head is shaven. He's not talking here about like when you lose your hair because of a disease or anything like that. Uh, he's, he's saying somebody who intentionally does it. Um, now, side note, there is this thought that um, I don't know... Historically, it is it is true. Corinth had a lot of idol worship going on. There was a, a crazy ton of sexuality going on and involved. And women who um, fit this description, uh, as far as like not having their head covered, um, oftentimes they were taken as single ladies. So all the single ladies. That's actually all I know about that song. Um, I think it says put a ring on it, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, I guess it kind of goes. Uh, the idea would be that if your head was either shaved or you didn't have your head covered, depending on the way you look at it, uh, it would mean that you're either prostituting yourself out or you're saying you're available. So if you as a wife have your head uncovered, you're basically saying, I'm available. It would, it would be like a modern sense of just like a woman who doesn't wear her wedding ring. Um... And so even though our wedding ring represents that, uh, at the time, the cultural uh, in the Middle East uh, and really all throughout the Roman Empire was, was this. And so um, I don't know that that side of things matters a ton. Again, the reasoning was because if it was purely for the Corinthian church, then this would not have made it to us. Does that make sense? Um, so here we go, verse 6. For if a woman doesn't cover her head, she should have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or for her to have her head shaved, let her head be covered. Now, I know we're running out of time. We've, we've gone on and on and on. Um, so I'm going to just quick read and then summarize. Um, a man should not cover his head because he is the image and glory of God. So too, a woman is the glory of man, for man did not come from woman, but woman came from man. In other words, uh, he's talking about Genesis, creation, God created man, um, and then God took the rib out of man and made, formed the woman. Neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. God had created the man, he said it's not good for man to be alone, so he creates the woman. 
Uh, this is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, I want to pause here because this is a bizarre verse. Um, I've only ever heard one explanation, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's not in here. And I, I just want you to, to do this, especially if you're a woman, because this is talking to you. This is why a woman should have the symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Just pray about it. Lord, what does this verse mean? I can tell you what I think it means, but I think it would actually be better for you. Uh, in the Lord, however, woman is not independent of man, and man is not independent of woman. In other words, you guys, we, we all need each other. Uh, for just as a woman came from man, so man comes through woman, and all things come from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, and that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for her hair is given to her as a covering. Here's here's the, the, the controversy. This is where everything's going to get crazy town. Uh, number one, I think it is my opinion, um, based on the way that this reads, that you could argue, and I think you could argue well, uh, that the covering being spoken about uh, in a man's case would be, you could say, uh, long hair. But you could also say it could be uh, like a hat. Um, I think you could also argue in both both ways that for the woman, it could either be some kind of hat or like a, sometimes they use like a prayer shawl or a prayer a little um, what it looks to me like a what you put on the table to put your water on um, you, a doily or something like that you could wear one of those uh, or it could also just be talking about long hair um, I'm not sure uh, for you which one it needs to be for you uh, or if it should be, you know, if you're single, I don't know that this is even talking to you. Um, I mean, unless you plan to get married. Um, so he says this, judge for yourselves. Is it proper, proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him, but that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory for her hair is given to her as a covering. Um, and so it, it's could it be that the word covering and hair is used interchangeably meaning um, really what he's talking about is the whole the whole chapter he's just saying women should have long hair and guys should have short hair could he be saying that possibly um, could he also be, be kind of using it in the sense that when you pray you need to have something on your head as as well as long hair he could he could be meaning that. Um, and I think it's important for each one of us to wrestle through what this means for us. For me, as a man, I feel incredibly uh, strongly that I need to make sure my head is um, uncovered when I pray or prophesy. Um, I also feel strongly that I shouldn't have long hair. Uh, and so I don't have either of those. And my, that's both of which are out of obedience to this and my wife's hair preferences on so all three of those things influence it, but in all reality, um, most of that comes out of out of this. And so that uh, it is 
today's chapter. Thank you so much for making it this far. I do want to end with this one little bit. Uh, verse 16 is a bizarre verse because it looks very different depending on who's, which translation you have. Mine says, if anyone wants to argue about this, we have no other custom, nor do the churches of God. Another way it can read is we have no such custom. In other words, we either have no other custom or we have no such custom. But either way, um, I read a, a really good article. Uh, you can find it at um, BibleReference.com or sometimes you can, you, if you just search, like there's a website called Ask. Uh, and it's basically, I think it's called Ask the Bible. Uh, and it's basically talking about um, just this verse. That's all I, I was reading about. And they were talking about how the part that it's, it's referring to what we're not going to argue about, the custom is referring to the argument. In other words, we are not going to argue about this. And I think that even for us today, this could turn into to a, um, a stab fest. It could. Uh, but we're not going to argue about it either. You're you're welcome to judge for yourselves. Verse 13 tells us to. Um, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to pray about this passage. What is this asking of you and of me? Um, and all of us will do what we feel the Lord is compelling us to do as long as it doesn't contradict the text. Does that make sense? I'm sorry that this was a really long video, but I wanted to make sure uh, that... We, we covered everything. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel, click the little bell, and you can join us whenever we talk about more controversial things. It's going to be great. Uh, and then also, if you can, um, if you love this channel, please partner with us. Uh, there's a link in the description below. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Peace out, Girl Scouts.